Welcome back, everyone. Episode 151, the golden age continues of Green and Gold Rugby podcasting. We've broken through the 150 barrier and it's onwards and upwards. I'm Rugby Reg and we are in finals season well and truly. And because of this, we've got an all-star cast tonight, led by the one and only Matt Gagarelli. How are you, Matt? Good, mate. Welcome aboard. We've got uh, down there in Canberra, only fitting that we've separated them by... uh, by uh, computer screens as well as uh, hundreds and hundreds of kilometres is Steve and Canberra. How are you going, Steve? Pretty well, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. And probably uh, about a 16-degree temperature differential, I should imagine, <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. And two trophy titles, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it started. Where are your justice for Jack? Um, uh, armband tonight, too, I assume, oh, Steve? Agreed. That's an outrage. Bloody outrage. <laughs> And we've also got an interloper from the West uh, joining us as well. It's been a a while since we've had him on board, but that's as you'd expect since the Force have uh, dearly departed us. And it's Ben, or a.k.a. Gaffuccino, for those on the interwebs. Uh, Ben, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, It's good, mate. Silence is golden sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome to have you here, mate. We're going to hear from you very soon. Ben's got a bit of a... A wrap of the fourth season has obviously got his own opinions on the games so far. But as I mentioned, it is uh, Super Rugby Finals season and it started on the weekend with uh, a couple of games. The, the the Sharks taking on the Highlanders and Sharks getting up 31-27 in a crack. And we might chat about that briefly later. But the one we all want to talk about is the Brumbies getting up over the Chiefs 32-30. to And what a game this was, you know, 22-10 at half time. But um, the Chiefs fought back there, and, and in the end, it was as tight as buggery at the end. Steve, ooh, how'd you wear this one, mate? This was, uh, got a bit scary towards the end. Yeah, that was an absolute heart-stopping nail-biter grandstand finish. You can use all those cliches, and it really lived up to a finals billing, that match. And uh, I'm glad we got away with it in a very, very tight one in the end. Yeah, so talk us through it, mate. Cause, I mean, you guys got off to a fairly good start there with... Uh, Nick White's try, Robbie Coleman's try. You know, so within 10 minutes, you guys are up you know, two tries, two converted tries. Uh, not long after that, Mog was in again. So it really was the first quarter of the game, all Brumbies. Uh, it, feeling pretty confident there at halftime? Uh, yeah, it was an interesting start. Um, not very very often you see a yellow card in the first five minutes. And uh, I would can, that would still be debated forever. It was very... Very harsh, I thought, on Nano Williams, who got the bin for that one. I think it was the first offence, uh, the first penalty maybe of the game, and he's just straight away, cynical play, you're out for 10. And, and from that, that was one of the... I had their two game changes, and that was the first one, with uh, Bumby scoring 14 points while Nano Williams was having a rest. And I thought, ooh, this is a very big, very big start. But um, having seen the final last year in Hamilton... The Chiefs, you know, they're not defending champions for nothing. They they really came home with a wet sail, and they if they had a snatch that, I wouldn't have been too surprised because they they can do that. 
Yeah, they can. And I guess you talk about the, the second turning point would be the card the other way to to Spite's yellow card in the, early in that second half where which really started the onslaught from the Chiefs. They, they fought back and uh, scored a couple of tries within that 10 minutes, I think it was, both Kerbalo and Nane Williams. So yeah. that that was a, a, a key moment in the match that swung it the other way. Yeah, that was a good square up from um, Joubert, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, you could debate either one, but, uh, you know, it was... He's the, he's the ref, he makes the decisions, and um, yeah, two-point win in the end, and um, I think after the after the game, the Chiefs just said they just had no physicality in the first half, and you could see that the Brumbies just had all the possession. I think they were running at 60% for the first half, and at you know, 22-10, I thought, you know, it's, it's, it might be enough, I'm not too sure, but you know, like I said, having seen the Chiefs come home, and they've had two come from behind draws in South Africa as well this year, mm. they gave up, I think. To the Cheetahs, they were down 34-10 at half-time and came back for 43-all draw or something like that. So they are capable of that. And um, just unlucky they, didn't, they came up short, I guess. Now, Gaff, you're able to watch this game as a, uh, an independent, I guess. Um, obviously, an Aussie still first and foremost. What was your reading of the game? Speechless. Gagger, what about yourself, mate? Um, yeah, that, that that time difference between here and Perth is a biggie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a corker, wasn't it? I and mean, the Brumbies really came out. It looked like they decided they were going to play ball in hand and just kind of choke the Chiefs. Um, you know, and, and you know, their whole manner seems to be around, you know, having the ball in hand and being able to run things back. And I guess if you take that away from them, then it kind of, you know, kind of chops them off at the knees. Um, just a just a fantastic. Uh, opening part from the Brumbies and if you look at the match stats you know it kind of really reads in that so for example you know they had twice as many offloads 12 offloads to six from the Chiefs and the Chiefs are you know you are a pretty renowned offloading sort of team um, 10 line breaks um, so you know they were making it really hard for the, the Chiefs as well so um, 10 line breaks versus three for the Chiefs I should say um, so you know and then not only that uh, but you know they were um doing better on, on the missed tackles as well. So um, I think they made the Chiefs miss 31 versus their own 17. So it all read in the numbers, even though it was a close score in the end. Um, I think the Brumbies really had the upper hand there. Uh, and there was a few guys that just had absolutely standout performances. I mean, Henry Spate. Um, was it unbelievable? If you thought he had a good game, you weren't dreaming. I mean, you know, 140 metres he ran, and I think the nearest guy behind him was Tavita Kuradrani with about 40. Um, so, yeah, he absolutely smashed it. Um, 13 runs and four line breaks on his own. He was just a complete handful. Yeah, his stats, and, you know, the stats will always vary from site to site, but I've got a, a dozen defenders beaten here as well, as well as offloads. Uh, so, remarkable game from Spite. The other one, statistically that stood out and probably under said he scored a crucial try uh, late in the game was Jared Butler, who um, mm. made 20-odd tackles uh, without a miss in his time on the field. You put that with the, the usual workhorses such as um, Green and Gold Rugby's old Sam, Car- old Sam Carter, who made 15 of his own, mm. um, and that work right that the Brumbies rely on so much was pretty significant. Gaffer, you're there, mate. What was your read of this game? Yeah, I thought it was a, a cracker of a game. Uh, 
the the Brumbies sort of broke out right at the beginning and and got a few quick tries and 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 obviously that that yellow card right at the beginning to Nano Williams, which which it it, it, it is debatable, I guess. But but I I felt that um, Joubert wanted to really stamp the match and that he wasn't. Stand for any sort of cynical stuff. So I think you sometimes you really want to see that from referees, and and, you, and teams get fed up with those sort of cynical penalties three meters out, and the player just decides to to lie there and, and do nothing, and and it does kill the game. So I thought that was justified. Um, and then obviously, and then the, the same sort of thing happened in the second half. Spate went Spate went out with that with a yellow card, and and the Chiefs really came back, and we had that real nail nail biter of a match. I thought um, in the first half. Obviously, Spate was amazing, but I also thought um, Nick White was very impressive in that first yeah. half. And then uh, he, he probably he probably uh, teed it off towards the end of the match, but in the beginning, he was he was the one that I think set up the first try with his little dart down the left hand side, and as well as off that that ball um, at the in the first half as well. He he went one way and 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 and, and faked one way and went the other and, and scored on his own. So I thought he had a, a fantastic match as well. And and yeah, it's great for Australian rugby that we've got two 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 uh, two teams in the finals this weekend. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, remarkable. I, I, does set up an absolute corker this weekend, Steve. From your perspective, any concerns coming out of this match? Uh, you know, uh, performance-wise or, or how the team went? Obviously, there was that lapse. Do we put it all down to the, the spate yellow card? Or? No, the, the, the late game fade-outs have been a bit of a theme with the uh, Brumbies this year. I think they try and outpace the opposition in the first maybe 50, 60 minutes and just hope to try and hold on to the lead there. And uh, it's been a few games, I think, this year. Like the Waratahs' first game in Canberra, they got out to a decent lead there and uh, it was a very tight ending at the end. Just back to Sam Carter, I just might add that he, apparently he rolled his ankle in the warm-up and was lucky to even play. So, to come, And I think he may have re-injured the ankle he had the syndesmosis with. So to, to play that, uh, I think he played the full game in the end, or near two, it's uh, pretty remarkable stuff. Mate, it, it, old hat for Sam to play with an injured ankle, is he? He did that, did that most of the test match anyway. So. Yeah, mate, maybe the cold just helped ice his ankle <laughs> while he was playing. <laughs> um, that's remarkable. Have you heard any reports as to how he might be for this week? Uh, he had, I think he had Monday off training, a, a few bumps and bruises, obviously, from such a physical game. Uh, there's a couple that were probably just resting, uh, but I think the only one maybe who might come back in is Clyde Rathbone. He yep. apparently was having a fitness test today, but everybody else should be okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's good to hear, and, and we'll, we'll talk more about next week's game in a second. So that's it for the Brumbies, uh, for this game, Brumbies for the Chief, and, and there you go. As you say, the Chiefs, two times champions, have now bowed out of uh, Super Rugby as the Brumbies will move on and play the Waratahs next weekend, but the other game will be the Crusaders taking the Sharks, with the Sharks having that 31-27 win over the Highlanders and over in Durban there. And, and another high-scoring, close match uh, here. Uh, Matt, did you get to see much of this game at all? Uh, mate, it was about 1.30 in the morning and I was at my <laughs> uh, 25th year reunion. Um, <laughs> I think I was at the Star <laughs> Casino at that point. Um, having gotten to a cab when I got out of the pub at about midnight, thought I was going home, and then three guys jumped in the back and said, "Where the bloody hell do you think you're going?" <laughs> so um, yeah, I saw. So I, I caught I caught snatches of it. I should probably say, um, but yeah, I thought that it was another one of those games. It was uh, a massive seesaw, wasn't it? Shark yeah. got away, and you thought, "Oh, yep. yeah, they've they've put this one away." And then Highlanders show what those sorts of 
you know uh, Kiwi teams can do, and just you know by racking up some points. Um, but then the Sharks got over the line. Um, so yeah, it was a surprising. I thought interesting point that makes is just you know that Highland team that got absolutely blitzed by the Tars. You know, obviously weren't completely stuffed. I kind of figured, oh, that would be their season gone. Yeah. They'd go over and get slaughtered, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, but you know that's about that's about all I can take away from it. The rest is a, l- a little bit fuzzy, a little bit hazy. Steve, you got anything more to add from a, a sober state? No, that was I didn't see too much of it, but um, it was a very physical game in the first twenty or so minutes. The, the Sharks really used their scrum as a real weapon and knocked the Highlanders back on numerous occasions and got pay from that. So I guess that's what they'll try and do again against the Crusaders this week. Well, that's a massive game, and as we say, so these are both Saturday night games um, next week, and, and the first one, Crusaders versus Sharks, from over there at Christchurch, which I think will kick off about 5.30-odd um, uh, Australian time, Eastern, Eastern Standard time at least, um, and that'll be a cracking match. And, and kudos to both teams, or all teams involved, for playing such enterprising rugby. Too often we see finals football really... Uh, make an impact on how the teams play, but there's plenty of points and plenty of tries scored this weekend, um, and it was great to see, and let's hope it remains the same uh, this coming weekend. It'll be interesting with the local derby, but uh, we'll see how they go. Uh, before we move on to that match, we've, we've got Gaffer here, and we thought it's only fitting that uh, he wasn't available to join us last week to have a bit of a review of the full season. Mate, uh, surpassed expectations. Did you have any... Um, you know, hope that it would be to the level it ended up being at the start of the season? Yeah, it, it was a big surprise, really, to be honest. I sat here at the beginning of the year and, and spoke about uh, how we could find ourselves in a bit of a perilous position after the first two or three rounds and, and find ourselves with, with no wins. And and, and, and at the beginning, yeah, we got we got smashed by the Tars and then done by the, uh, the Brumbies, and I wasn't really wasn't really looking forward to the rest of the season and then all of a sudden they came out against the Rebels in round three and, and put them put 32 points up in, in 19 minutes, I think it was, and, and they sort of went from there, five-game winning streak, which is a, the most by the club, um, and they just kept breaking records, um, nine wins, which is, uh, which is a, a season or a club record for wins in a season. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. Like at the beginning of the year, Fole, uh, Michael Foley stated that their goal was to win eight games, and and probably everyone around Australia scoffed at him, including myself and a lot of a lot of Force Force fans. We were just more more worried about just winning winning one or two games and and, and getting a good start. And, and they were there saying that no, we're gonna we're we're shooting for, shooting for eight. So yeah, it was a fantastic year. Um, it's still a bit, bit of a disappointing year after after such a good uh, good start. We uh, we still missed the finals there, and it really two points to miss out on the finals and two points is is really disappointing. And and they will probably rue a few matches, namely I would say the uh, the the Rebels game in Melbourne, um, which which was the game that broke the winning streak. Mm. Um, they they went down there by six points, and they'll probably probably tired towards getting to that game and the Rebels, they sort of had something to prove at home and but that's probably the, the game that they, they will rue um, going through. But yes, some fantastic performances. Michael, uh, uh, Matt Hodgson, um, Captain Courageous over here, I think he ended up with six or seven tries, which most by any forward in, I think, in, a, in Australia or in the entire competition. Um, leads the competition for turnovers and for, for tackles. I think he was probably 40 or 50 tackles in front of the next the next uh, next closest player in the competition, um, so it's fantastic. Nick Cummins obviously had a, had a great season, seven tries from him. 
um, led led the led the club in in line breaks and and uh, tackle busts, I think. Um, but but in the end, I think uh, the the other thing was that played a major major role towards the end was was injuries, and I think we just sort of experienced a few too many injuries before the break, um, which which didn't help, and then we still didn't get a lot of them back in in good nick uh, after the after the break, and 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 wasn't really able to kick on in those last three games, only getting the win against the uh, the Reds in that that second last round. So that, it, it, it's looking good for the future. We we still. Uh, there's going to be a, a few holes in the roster going forward to next year. We've lost a, we'll lose a fair few players um, this year. So obviously, Hubik Meneman's not left. Um, Nick Cummins, he he's gone, and and there are question marks whether he'll be back next year. But but I wouldn't count on on him being back. Um, we've lost Kieran Longbottom um, to to Saracens, uh, and then this this last couple of weeks they've uh, had uh, Jaden Haywood. Uh, he's gone to Italy along with uh, Celesi Manu as well. Um, and then today I read that Ed Stud is uh, is on the move. Um, so we, yeah, we start we've got a fair few uh, fair few uh, holes in the roster there, and a lot of players to still be resigned. So players like uh, Pet Cowan, uh, Nathan Charles still hasn't signed, but it looks like he'll sign a, a new two year deal. Um, uh, and CS Everson hasn't is, is still off contract. So they, yeah, they've got a lot of work to do, but hopefully they'll get it done and, and be able to kick on next year and and uh, and have just as good as year and and go hopefully two spots better and, and make that finals appearance. Um, quick one: Where is Ed Stubbs going? Is he going off to France as well? Do you know? Or? Uh, I don't really know. To be honest, I just saw on uh, on his Instagram that he was saying goodbye to to everyone in Perth and and had a great time and 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 was moving on to his next chapter. So that's all it said. So. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, till something official comes out. All right, so your player of the season for the force, would it be Matty Hodgson or...? Yeah, I think you can't really go past Matt Hodgson. Um, probably in the forward pack, yeah, Matt Hodgson would be my player of the year. Uh, in the back line, at the beginning of the year, it was Alfie Matthewson. He was uh, he was just amazing in the first sort of six or seven rounds. Um, and then he obviously went down with his ankle, I think it was in the Tars game uh, in Perth. Um, in the second half, he went down and, and obviously didn't come back until after the break. Um, but yeah, Matt Hodgson was fantastic all year. Ben McCalman as, as well. And then in, before the test break, he was just massive. Um, I think he was yeah, arguably the best best eight in, this, in Australia. And uh, and yeah, so couldn't be happy with those guys. Uh, someone that probably didn't do as good as I hoped he would have done this year, kicked on from last year, would have been Kyle Godwin. Um, I had big raps on him after last season, and and he didn't really disappoint in his defence. He was probably one of the best back backline defenders um, before his injury, but his attacking sort of prowess did did suffer a bit throughout the year. He didn't have as much of the impact with line breaks and uh, and offloads as he did last year. But I think he'll uh, he'll he, he's still I think he's only twenty two, so he'll or twenty one or twenty two, so he'll still develop and, and be a massive player going forward for the Force. Excellent. Um, well, that's great. Great. Uh, season from the force and, and I, I understand your frustrations but not finishing it off but it was great to sort of stamp their authority the big challenge now is to back it up um, and, and see what happens next year and it'll be interesting because they haven't necessarily announced any new players have they they haven't signed any new to the club players no all? there hasn't there haven't been any new signings they've re-signed uh, in the last couple of weeks Angus Cottrell uh uh, uh, Adam Coleman, Hugh, uh, Oliver Hoskins, yep. but no, yeah, no, no new players. Yet, yeah, and yet. there's plenty of rumours of departing Reds players heading over there. I know Ed Quirk's been rumoured of going over there, um, and there's likely to be a few others. But uh, what eventuates, we'll see. But uh, well done to the Force. A uh, it was a great season, uh, good to watch, and 
we look forward to seeing how they develop next year. Matt, any comments on the force this year? Yeah, I, I thought they obviously they had a fantastic season. I think they kind of surprised everyone. I think probably maybe even themselves a little bit there as, as far as how far they got and you know what stopped them from getting through. Was it a point in the end? Um, Oh, two, points. two points, yeah. Two yeah. points, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that, that game, as you said, Gaffer, against the Rebels, which really they shouldn't have dropped, and they just had that kind of lapse towards the end of the season, didn't they? Um, you know, so, which which was a bit of a pity. Um, I guess also, actually, in a lot of ways, you kind of think how well they did, um, especially when they were missing some key players like Albie Matthewson and, yeah, and, and Eberson at, at times. I think they're still struggling to fill that kind of... Uh, penetration piece in the, in the back line. Um, you know, someone around about 10 or 12. I mean, obviously Godwin looks like the future and then obviously he was injured towards the end as well. But, you know, just somebody to kind of put that spark through. Um, but, you know, having said that, geez, they, they managed, you know, nine wins even without that. Um, but I think that's going to be the holy grail. How do you get somebody that can unlock some talent in the back line? But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the big mystery there is just how well Foley did with this team and versus what happened with the Tars, you know, you know, and the question is, you know, what was the difference? Um, but yeah, fantastic, fantastic season uh, for the force. And, you know, just, just great to see another Aussie side getting up there and starting, you know, to, to real start punching up for their weight, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Steve, what about yourself, mate? Any uh, observations on the forces here? Well, nothing more to add than that yeah. really, but it was a really good, it was really good to see them have a, have a real go when people just thought they were just there to make up the numbers. You know, some good games they had there, and to, you know, to knock off the Waratahs over there was a, was a very exciting game. And, and Nick Cummins is just a you know, he's a marketer's dream, but it's going to be a shame that he's moving elsewhere for next season at this stage. Yep. Well, congrats, Gav. Thanks for your input this year. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we look forward to more of it as the season goes on. Um, uh, there's no point doing a Reds review. I think I've analysed them enough this year. Uh, interesting news today. I think I posted on the forum that it looks like that Chris Kurandrani, who's another of these young backs that I've raved about a little bit, um, in the Sammy Karevi mould, plays for the same club, big, powerful Fiji, and he's a winger. Uh, he looks like... Well, I posted this morning that it looks like the Crusaders had signed him. His big brother is Namani Nadolo. He's been a superstar for the Crusaders this year. And... Uh, the talk was that uh, Kurandrani will be moving across and at least playing for Canterbury in the ITM with the expectation slash hope that he would pull up pull off a uh, Super Rugby contract in there. So look, on the face of it, it's it's nothing dramatic. He's, he's no superstar, but when you add the fact that uh, Aidan Tua, uh, Mike Harris, Dom Shipley, uh, Rod Davies, um, and uh, a few other outside backs, I'm sure I've forgotten, have all left the Reds, to be losing a young 21-year-old um, uh, winger with with the size and speed that has been lacking in this Reds uh, back line is um, a bit of a kick in the teeth. But the late mail is now the Reds have come back with a counter-offer. So we'll see what changes there as the, uh, as the next few weeks um, unfold and, and we finally hear about who the hell the Reds have signed for next year. So, now we'll talk about that. I, I guess the other rumour we should talk about is with the late developments with the Brisbane Broncos and Wayne Bennett, um, the new back to coach the Broncos for the next three years, all this talk of Carmichael Hunt signing with the Reds. Uh, it's not across the line. There's some suggestion that perhaps Carmichael might 
now go play rugby in France for a year while the Broncos free up their um, salary cap, including the likes of Benny Barber, who hasn't exactly set the world on fire, apparently. And Carmichael might come back and play for the Bennett-coached Broncos in 2016. So not all beer and Skittles over at Reds, but we've come to expect that this year. Eh? To be honest, Reg, you're just trying to avoid this review. Because all there is is pain. I mean, I, I, can, I, I don't want to have to sit here and watch you do it. To be honest, yeah. I, don't, oh, I don't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can share that pain with you. Um, but um, yeah, we'll move along, shall we? Like, yeah. like, there's a policeman at the side. Move along here. Nothing to see. Nothing to see. There's nothing to see. Quite literally, nothing to see. Um, <laughs> look, so let's get on to the big one and let's get a little bit excited about it. What a match this is going to be: Waratahs versus Brumbies at the Sydney Football Stadium on Saturday oh. night. It is sensational. Has there been a local derby final in Super Rugby at all? Yes, Who? 2002. So, I so, might just remember uh, remind people of the score of that one, um, 51-10. Oh, right. Was that Brumbies-Waratahs? And to be honest, I think even there were, I'm wondering if there might have been a Brumbies-Reds game earlier before that as well. Well, anyway, excellent. It's got to be a cracker. What, what a matchup this is, and there's no dispute that these are the top two Australian teams this season, and it re- really will be a, a remarkable match. Matt, I'm going to throw straight to you, mate. Tell us about it. What, what, what can we expect? What do you expect to see on Saturday night? Well, first of all, can I can just say how much I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be um, fantastic, obviously, um, going along with a bunch of mates, and to have it there at the SFS, is um, or Allianz, I guess I should call it, it's going to be great. So, um a bit of a paddock crawl before and after hand, so it, that should be um, excellent. Um, as a game, uh, it, it's funny, you know, a couple of weeks ago I would have said, oh, you know, like we saw the last time these two teams played, you'd think the Tars would smash it. Uh, but I think this is a very different Brumbies team. Uh, got a few key players back, and, geez, the rugby they played on the weekend uh, was sensational. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting, and also I think they'll play... I think the Brumbies will play, if I had to bet, they will play a horrible, knockdown, drawn-out, shit fight at the breakdown, uh, hoof it downfield, make it as ugly as hell, just try and push the Tars off their game, um, and it could, you know, and, and they're good at it. So, you know, if they turn up and really, really want it, you never know, they could make it happen. Um, so I hope it doesn't turn out like that. I mean, could you imagine two teams going at it like the Brumbies did in, you know, in last week's game and the Tars have been doing during the, the season? Um, it'll be a blockbuster if that happens. So that's interesting call there, Gag. Steve, what do you make of that? Do you reckon that's how the Brumbies will take it? Could very well be, being, you know, finals football is a different kettle of fish at this, this time of the year. So, I don't know. I, I know I do know, uh, so I heard from the, uh, last week's game, that the, the the pace of the game was just so incredible that, you know, um, when I was chatting to Green and Gold's own Greg Joubert after the game, he, he, he's saying he was even, he could see them, like, fading, and that was even before half time, and he just wondered if they could keep that up for the whole 80 minutes. And um, maybe they might resort back to... Not not as bad as the Brumby Sharks game this year with the horrible kick fest, but um, maybe something similar to that, just so they can just um, keep the Tars at bay because obviously they know all their attacking threats. And it's unusual that they can play three games in a season, so obviously the home and away game plus the final. So I don't think there's going to be too many surprises. They know each other's game so much, yeah. particularly, and from being in Warrat- uh, Wallabies camp, sorry, um, they know an- enough about each other so that they just know what to look for um, during the game. 
Yeah, that's a that's a very valid point, Steve. They they do they know the players so well, they know the team so well. So how what's going to be that point of difference that's going to break out this game? So you know, as Matt says, will the Brumbies just try to make it messy as messy as anything and really slow it down and and frustrate the Waratahs as much as anything else? Whereas the Waratahs have played this. Um, this high tempo, mm-hmm. um, very precise, open game of rugby. It'll it'll be a fascinating. That'll be as, as much as interesting in, in terms of how that game is played as how the uh, the, the end result. We'll so throw we'll throw another fact in. Like you know, the last time the Waratahs played, and for quite a few times during the season, the lineout was a complete shambles. Yeah, and you put that next to the Brumbies, who've got some really good operators in there. You know, and the like of Moen, Fardy, uh, you know, Carter. Um, you know, you, you, you've got a lot of potential disruption in there. So you put the fact that you could well dominate at the line-out together with a kicking game, and it says that you're going to kick the leather off it, I think. Um, yeah. get, get down to their half, give them a throw, um, disrupt, um, and then, uh, you know, probably go for poles whenever you get a chance. But then having said that, you've also got a few... Stri- I mean, the Brumbies are pretty good when they get down towards your 22. So, I mean, yeah, if I had to just look at it. And then the other bit, uh, the other set piece... Um, would probably be, um, you know, would be the scrum. And, yep. you know, what's just going to happen? I mean, I think it's, there's a big question mark there, I think, from both sides. It's it's just hard to know. But I think, again, the, the Brumbies will have another go at disrupting that. Um, you know, Laurie Fisher coming from up north, I think that's the game plan any northern team would use, you know, d- disrupt at source, break down and, and set piece, um, and then just keep it down their end. I mean, like Steve was saying, it's it's finals footy, isn't it? Yeah, just and just back to the game with the Chiefs. So the breakdown there was such a dog's breakfast throughout the game. There were, it was you know, bodies everywhere, and he looked like he could penalise either team for multiple offences. Um, but Joubert just happened to let it go, and there was a couple of phases or breakdown movements where each team managed to steal it off each other in the in the one um, ruck. So yeah. you know, if, it, if it gets to that of trench warfare, it'll, it'll be. The Brumbies will probably lap that up, and you look at like that rolling more try they scored last week. You know, if it gets to that, it, it, it looked unstoppable, but I'm sure Waratahs will come up with something to disrupt it in there. Mm. No, it'll, it'll it'll be amazing if, um, yeah, I mean, you know, to see whether the uh, the Tars can keep that pace of game up. Um, you know, it's one of the things the Tars have done all year. It was it kind of as a fan, it kind of leaves your heart in your mouth, which is you know. That they're kind of clearing out with just like a couple of men, sometimes three at the breakdown, um, and the ball's lying there for Phipps. And I just think the likes of you know Fardy and Moen uh, will just be all over it. Um, do we know who the ref is yet? Yako Paper. Paper. Okay, so yeah, bit of a bit of, <laughs> yeah, a, just bit of a lot of random penalty generators. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I don't know. So it'll be in- it'll be interesting to see. God, I, I yeah, I hope it's a high pace I mean I'm you know the Tars only know one way to play I mean that would be the other thing you know would the you know would the Tars ever think about changing the way they approached it I don't think they could at this stage of the season could they no not in a you wouldn't think so not no. they've, they've done it on the back of that fast paced game and finishing off games very well particularly that last 20 minutes where I think they've scored like 20 something tries so mm. they'll be looking to you know they're in with, in with a chance at 60 minutes They'll they'll keep going. They won't they won't slow down or wait for errors from the other team. They'll just try and play their game and catch us if you can, sort of style. Mm. It would be interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it would be interesting to see what the Brumbies sort of learnt after that game about a month ago. Um, the first game after the the break where uh, they got they got smashed thirty nine to eight at 
at um at at Alliance. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. I think in that game they just got run over the top. The the Brum, the, the, the Waratahs were just clinical with everything everything they did. Their their breakdown work. Their their uh, set piece. Their their back line was just the Brumbies sort of didn't really have an answer to anything. And I think they they had a few injuries and things after that as well. So I don't think they had uh, Tamur or. Uh, or a few other players, but but it'd be interesting to see if they they'll try and play it in a different way. Um, as a neutral, looking, it's just looking at the the team list. It's just it's just fantastic as a Wallaby supporter to see coming up to the to the new Bledisloe some of the matchups. Ben Robinson up against Scott Co, Kepu up against Alexander Carter and Douglas, Moen and 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 uh, Moen and uh, Palu. Just all along the board, there's just wallabies everywhere fighting it out with each other, and I, I just can't wait. I think it's going to be a crack of a match, and and uh, and I think yeah, whichever team gets up can can really make a make a play for the for next week and 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 get that title. Yeah, well, if you you talk about the matchups and those ones are significant, but if there's a matchup um, that I think is going to be pretty intriguing and, and could go some way to t- and look, one on one matchups never do on their own, you know, decide a match, but it's two of the more uh, unheralded players, and it's Stephen Halls, who we've spoken a bit about lately, particularly since Dave Dennis has been injured and how Hoyles has been able to step up and what an important role he plays for the Tars. But um, up against Jared Butler, who, who we've just talked about having that fantastic game uh, last week, and again, they might not sort of combat against each other most directly, but they're the two probably most unheralded players in their respective forward packs. But both will have, uh, I would suggest, significant bearings on, on how this game is played and, and um, their ability to, uh, to assist their team or at least their forward pack on one-upping their opposition because um, they're both quality players playing some very good rugby. Well, the other thing you mentioned those two, like they've both had to come in because of uh, season-ending injuries to the, the player in front of them, like uh, Dennis for the Waratahs and Pocock for the Brumbies. So yeah. Butler had to really learn quickly how his role because he wasn't a natural number seven is that right when he was with the reds not for the reds he played a bit at a club but by no means uh, your traditional number seven no no okay well he's done ill i think he's done very well this year and he's probably gone a bit unnoticed under yep. the radar yep agree i mean as, I as it a lot hinges on uh ben moen with the line out i think with the with the tars we saw what rob simmons did to the tars line out in that last game and and the tars will probably been working the last two weeks to to rectify that, and, and Ben Mowen is a, is a is a master at that sort of stealing those lineouts and getting up quick at, at two and four, and and I think probably a lot depends on how many free drinks Ben Mowen's got this week from uh, Christian Liliofano <laughs> after missing all those goals. So, um, but yeah, I think that's going to be massive. Uh, ben Mowen up against you've got yeah uh, Douglas and uh, and Palo and, and Dennis who are going to really have to step up their game and. Um, and then you've got Skilton coming off the bench, isn't really going to offer a lot at line-out time, so it's going to be a lot on, uh, on, on as you said, Hoyles and, and Douglas. Yeah, and then I, I, and like you say, I think uh, Moen's not going to let them have an easy ball at two either. Um, he loves getting up ahead. Um, I mean, I guess the other two bits that or the, the other kind of match-up that I think will have a big impact, well, it could have a big impact if it goes to that kind of grind-out um, game and the Brumbies manage to put the Tars off their rhythm and it, probably comes down to a bit of a tighter game is going to be the kicking so you know we've seen that uh, Foley can mm. he's, he's got a pretty good average but he has bad you know he's bad nights 
um, when all of a sudden it seems like those those even the close ones can be missed. Um, and then we saw last weekend Leofano kind of missing a couple of easy ones. So that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, it will and, be. And you know, like you know, finals footy quite often comes down to that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, yeah, it could go either way. I don't know. My my feeling is though, with the Tars having had a week off. Um, that I think they're going to put a lot of work into the Brumbies, and it's, I think it's going to have to be a really, really good performance from the Brumbies to um, to manage to withhold that. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it might be just the way that the game unfolds in that first half that di- dictates the game a bit. Um, so if, you know, if the Tars can get ahead a couple of tries, and the Brumbies have to chase, um, you know, that could could make it uh, tough for them to control the game they, the way they want. Yeah, just looking, you make a valid point with those kickers, but just those other as Gaffer alluded to. But you know, Ashley Cooper up against Kurandrani, you know, fantastic, and 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 Phipps up against White. Um, so yeah, look, fantastic matchups across the field. Gags, what's the feeling like in Sydney? Is there the the broader support for the Waratahs? So you're seeing it around the place. What's the crowd tracking like? Any ideas? So I think they're up to something like thirty three, thirty six thousand. Um, right already and i think that's pre-walk-up right yeah um yeah. so um you know that's that's looking pretty good i that's would hope I, i'd love it to get closer to 40 geez that'd be good if we could. i would have thought this far out what are we only tuesday the team's only just been announced today oh. they'll build this and yeah nice day you'll, you'll get a very good walk-up i would have thought so you'll push 40 what's capacity 40 Oh, it's only 43, something like Three, that. Yeah, yeah, gosh. 44. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, so that means it'll definitely be impossible to get a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, knowing the SFS. So, yeah, no, it should, I mean, it just should be a, a cracking game. Um, and everyone's, yeah, I mean, the, the whole sentiment behind the Tars is, is, is changing, I think. Um, and yeah. I don't think that's just with success. So I think if they'd been playing a miserly brand of footy and just getting there, I don't think they'd have the support they're having at the moment. Um, and you can only think, geez, what this is doing for the Tars coffers. I mean, geez, oh. that, Talk about, you know, just when you need it. Yeah, you know, it, it's huge for both and Both organisations need it. And Brumbies would have got a good win for last week and the Waratahs will get a good one today. And if they win, sorry, this weekend, and if they win again, even bigger. Um, sorry, two players we should mention, or they have been mentioned, but of significance for this game. It'll be the last game for the respective teams for either Kane Douglas or Benny Moen. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm sure it's not playing a, a, a dominant factor in, in those teams' preparations, but it's a little sub-note that should be considered. So, mm. um, you know, interesting times. Mm. Um, all right, well, let's go to it. Gags, Tars by how many? Well, okay, famous last words. I think they might break loose a bit here. I'm going to say, oh, I think they're going to do it by 12. Steve, for the uh, for the rebuttal? Brumbies by six. All right, Gaffer, you and me, let's be sensible. What do you reckon, mate? Uh, Tars by 16. Whoa. <laughs> like the way you're thinking. Lucky you're in Perth, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm, pick, I'm picking the Tars as well. I, I'd suggest uh, I'll, I'll go eight for the sake of a number. But, um, uh, look, can't wait for this game. It, it's going to be an absolute ball terror. Um, but uh, it's just great that we'll have at least one Australian team in the final. And, and to be quite frank, Whoever it is in the final, you would back, well, not back, but you'd you feel very confident on taking on either the um, the Sharks or the uh, the Crusaders the following week after. So Australian rugby looking in a pretty good position. Mm, indeed. Good to see. Excellent. Well, get out there, Tar fans, and enjoy it. Enjoy the experience. And any Brumby fans heading up as well, um, let's make it a, a great atmosphere on the day and really sell what is so special about Australian rugby. Um 
that wraps up, obviously, the match previews. Look, guys, any particular news this week? I don't have much other than say um, I'll push the Commonwealth Games Barrow. I've got a an article that will drop on the blog probably a couple of days' time, uh, about sevens. I had a great chat to Michael O'Connor earlier this week. And, geez, he was fascinating to, to have a chat to. and might be someone worthwhile getting on the podcast down the track. But he's picked his best ever Aussie sevens team. Um, with some very interesting names, and, and particularly the player he suggests is our best ever sevens player, um, which will all be revealed later this week. But he's, you know, he's got his, he's pretty confident the Aussies will do well in Glasgow, uh, the sevens tournament kicking off this weekend in Glasgow. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, anyone else got anything significant from a rugby news perspective? Uh, yeah, just for me, probably by the time people hear this, they may have come across the. Well, it'll be squad for the Bledisloe yeah, Championship yep. to be announced Wednesday. So, interesting timing considering there are, two, are still two sides competing in the Super Rugby. So, hopefully, no distractions there. Mm. Well, the, the probably one story that came up, I, I don't know if everyone saw this. Was it today? Was it this morning or was it yesterday? With the uh, French rugby players getting attacked um, in, in, uh, you Claremont. Know, in, in Claremont. Do you see that? Basically, yeah. got attacked by guys wielding machetes and sabers. Yes, oh. just horrifying. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, so yeah, a- absolutely bizarre. I mean, I don't know if anyone saw um, or read any more justification. Apparently, they kind of stepped in to kind of help uh, or aid some lady that was being harassed in a nightclub, and that these guys came up to him afterwards. But um, and they, the guys that they were injured, but um, apparently none of them kind of life-threateningly or or long-term. We should be sending that article, link to that article, to every young Australian player currently departing Australian shores to play their rugby in France and just say, guys, this is what you're getting yourself into. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, they're out for about a month. They've got cuts that bad, so, you know, don't... Really? They're don't out be for a month? Up. Yeah. Some of them are, so I guess don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, that's why I never go out without my broadsword, actually. <laughs> and, uh... and, my, and my suit of armour. Yeah, my, my halberd. <laughs> shout not pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, look, it should be remiss of us to say we were hopeful of having the um, our first Waratah on this evening, <laughs> and we had um, we had spoken to the media department of the Waratahs, and they were very helpful in coordinating us a special guest for the night, and it was to be Dave Dennis, the injured Waratah captain. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know what's happened, but maybe communications got away because we haven't been able to get on to Dave tonight. We won't cast aspersions in any way, and, and we're very keen to, to get them back on. But uh, it was so close, we could almost touch it. Oh. But um, perhaps they didn't want to break. I know Waratah Jesus. Maybe it's his fault. Maybe he came on and, and, and suggested and tweeted that they didn't want to break the curse. Don't don't um, risk things that gone so long, so successfully this year without having anyone on the podcast and that they should just continue that. So, look, if it means they're going to win the, the, the Super Rugby Championships, we'll go without. But uh, we'll try again next week and see how we go, hey? Okay. We can, can but try, mate. Can but try. Exactly right. All right, lads, well, let's get into it. It's going to be a, light, a fantastic uh, weekend of rugby, um, so make sure everyone's watching. Uh, Matt, best of luck for the Waratahs, buddy. Thanks, mate. Steve, for the Brumbies, best of luck. Thank you very much. And Gaff, let's just sit back and enjoy, huh? Yep, fantastic. All right, listeners, thanks very much. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. See ya. Right there, right there. 